Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, congratulations. You're about to arrive to the right place. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Evan and Aaron's Sportsbook Podcast. Are you ready for it? Now, here is Evan and Aaron. Good evening, everybody. It's uh, looks like uh, November nineteenth, two thousand twenty-one. This is the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk podcast. We're coming to you live here tonight. Uh, of course, if you're listening at a later date, it's not still live, but that's how it goes. So uh, tonight, uh, we're going to talk, uh, of course, about sports as we head into the uh, week of Thanksgiving. This will be our final show for the month of November. Just a few shows left in the twenty twenty-one year. And tonight, just for anyone who happens to be listening in, Alan is actually getting ready to uh, make a long journey up north. We won't say exactly where just yet, but in case we lose him during our show, he'll be calling us right back. So I just wanted to kind of give that as a heads up in case in the middle of our conversation something happens and his line does drop. We will wait for him patiently to, of course, rejoin us. Alan, how are you tonight? (laughs) I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for asking. Thank you, Aaron. How about yourself? How are you doing? Doing well, doing well. Looking forward to going into uh, probably my favorite uh, of all the holidays. Uh, Thanksgiving, of course, with football. You've got the college game really heating up. Of course, there's the big NFL games that go on during the week of Thanksgiving. My favorite part of it all, of course, is the food. So, um, you know, what, what's better than food, family, and football? So uh, this will be a fun week. And, of course, uh, a lot of sports stuff going on. You've got the NFL in full swing. You've got uh, – uh, NBA returning, uh, NHL, of course, we talked about a couple weeks ago, is back. Um, a lot of college football stuff to get to. There's a lot of coaching rumors to sort out. And then baseball only ended uh, two and a half weeks ago, and you've already got some free agent uh, talk out there as well. So we're going to kind of cover those different angles of things here tonight. Uh, if anyone is uh, wanting to chip in and, and uh, join the show here this evening, uh, number to call is 516-418-5572. Again, that is 516-418-5572. We'd love to hear from you. Love to get you on the air. And um, to start off here tonight, Alan, um, what a week in the NFL. Uh, a lot of just weird things have happened in the last uh, two weeks or so. You go back to the Aaron Rodgers stuff that happened uh, right about two weeks ago right now, and then you have some other stuff going on here now with the Buccaneers and, and with Antonio Brown, and it's kind of – these storylines just kind of create themselves sometimes, right? Yeah, the storylines do kind of create themselves, and it has been a crazy week, you know, especially with the Tony Brown thing. <laughs> and, you know, it's been definitely interesting. I was I was really disappointed. I'm glad you brought that up because I was very disappointed in how the Bucks played this last week. I really felt as if they came in, you know, thinking as if they were the, the teams to beat and came in kind of strutting this stuff like as if they didn't have to play the game and they were playing a team that was inferior, they can just roll in and just do their thing and win. And it just showed how poorly that they played that that's not going to be the case. You have to win these games. You can't just rely on your past success. And I felt as if that's what they did. And after the result they got was a loss. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, and I think that, you know, here's the thing. If you're going to get humbled, it's better to have that happen when the season is still going on, when you can make adjustments, when you can learn from those arrogant mistakes. And it does seem like what happened there, um, 
this past week, and there was really no reason for, for Tampa to lose that game to Washington. I mean, the Washington football team isn't a bad team, but Tampa is clearly, talent-wise, well beyond them. So they just simply got outplayed uh, this past week. And, you know, here's, here's what I expect, to be quite honest with you. This is a veteran team in Tampa. You've got the greatest quarterback in the history of football. And I'm sure if we go back and look at the last 20 years, there's probably a handful of games when he was with New England where the same kind of thing happened. They started their stuff. They got outplayed by an inferior team somewhere along the way. And they regrouped during the week, and they took care of business the next week. And I, I fully expect that, that will happen this time around. And, you know, they're playing against – they're on Monday night, I believe, this week um, against the Giants. Now, the Giants have been a, a foe of Tom Brady for, for two games in particular that I can think of uh, in the Super Bowl during his career. So I'm sure they're going to be up for wanting to prove him wrong now that he's in Tampa. But I, I, I expect that the Bucks are going to regroup and, and get themselves back in the right track. But here's the thing I want to point out. I always look at this point in the year, who are the top four teams in the AFC and in the NFC? And I'm not sure if the Bucks are in that top four right now um, with the way they played this past week. And they've been a little shaky. So I think a win for them this week would, would go a long ways to getting them back in that spot. No, I agree. I, I definitely think uh, the Bucks will, will use this as a wake call. I'm hoping they do because – it really is something they need to, to look at it as a situation like, okay, this is a, is a game that we should not have lost, but we didn't play our best football, and it ended up costing us a loss. So I, I expect them to do a lot better this coming up week against the Giants. You're right, the Giants have been a team that has played them tough, but I, I expect that they would have learned from this lesson, and that's what I look at it as a wake-up call. Now, on a, another storyline, and there's a lot of storylines to really kind of go over here um, this evening, we talked about this a week or so ago with Odell Beckham Jr. deciding to go to the Rams, and I brought up what I exactly what I thought would happen. You know, he played, obviously, with the Giants. Things went so-so there. He kind of burned himself out in New York, goes to Cleveland, a little bit of drama here and there. He goes to the Rams, and they get really handed themselves by the 49ers this past week. Um, do you put the blame squarely on him, maybe disrupting the rhythm that team had, or was this just a case of they got bad luck in that one game? I think we may have lost Allen. Allen, you still there? I, I look at it as a, a game – sorry, you didn't hear me. I look at it as a situation where – Matthew Stafford just didn't have his, his game with him. More than anything, it was just bad luck mm-hmm. and bad timing for OBJ. Yeah, I don't think he was the cause. I watched that game, and Matthew Stafford didn't make a lot of plays. He just made some poor interceptions. He had two interceptions within, I think, two minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. And he, he put the team in a bad spot, and then once – once they started rolling, it, it was pretty much a domino effect from there. And they got beat soundly. I, I just I really put this loss on Matthew Stafford, but I 
put the loss even prior to that on him too. So it, it really wasn't OBJ. I, I don't think that was the case. I think he was ready to play. It was just it was just the time that he got there. Matthew didn't have his best game. Yeah, I mean it's a team game. You have to remember that too. That's 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 the big thing that we have to take away from it. Um, and you know, it just so happened that it was the first game that. Odell Beckham Jr. was in a Rams uniform. So that kind of is just our irony, I guess you could say there. And maybe there's some numbers in there that would correlate that argument one direction or another. I'm sure there probably is. Another big storyline, and this is something that neither one of us really thought was even remotely possible two weeks ago, and that is that Cam Newton is not only back in the NFL, but he's back with the Panthers. And he had a pretty good game this past week yeah. uh, for Carolina. Um, and, and really uh, almost like vintage Cam Newton, um, you know, in, in the game uh, they played uh, this past week against the Cardinals. And I tell you what, uh, it, it's early to make this prediction, but if last week's game, it may have been an anomaly, Arizona's quarterback isn't the NFL MVP at this point in the season. Last week's game is certainly proof of that. So, um but good to see Cam Newton back. I'm glad that, and hopefully, you know, he plays with a clear mind and, and takes advantage of this opportunity because this is probably, I know we've said this a few times, this is probably his last opportunity uh, at this point. He, he's back in a familiar situation, familiar setting. It is a different coaching staff than he had before, but I think it's actually more geared towards his skill set uh, with, uh, with Matt Rule. So um, I think that's kind of an interesting thing. We'll see what happens. It might have just been a one one good game, but you know maybe he turns things around and the Panthers uh, go on a run in the second half of the year and make the playoffs. Yeah, I think it's a, it's it's looking that way. I think I think Cam Newton is going to give him that spark. I think they were a little stagnant in their offense, and that's one thing that Cam does do. He does give them a, another dynamic. You know, definitely blend of football, especially when you're doing runs mixed in with passes. And it seemed like it's actually a good timing for Carolina. They needed a need a spark, and Cam has already done that for the first game. I think they're going to be able to hold on and win enough games to squeak into the playoffs. They're going to be a dangerous team to beat. Yeah, they've got a lot of weapons there. They need to get some people healthy uh, for sure. Um, that's going to be obviously the key to any team getting things going in the direction they yeah. want to go. But I I, I, I think the Panthers, um, you know, this might be a, a surprise to some people, but I think they they might be the second team from the NFC South that makes it in. Uh, there's no guarantee that New Orleans is going to get in. They haven't uh, necessarily played their best football here of late. They've, it's kind of been you have uh, maybe one or two good weeks and then you have one or two bad weeks there uh, with uh, with the Saints, and that's – that inconsistency can really come back to to um, to bite you. So it can. It definitely in the NFL, you want to stay consistent. You want to win the games that you're supposed to win, and and keep your team moving in the right direction. I think I think Carolina signing Cam Newton was actually a very very good thing. It's a place he's familiar with, and that's why I was so upset with the Bucks because. You can't afford to lose games that you're supposed to win, and the Bucks really should have won that game against Washington Football Club. They didn't play like the better team, but you can tell that 
that's what it was. They just took it for granted, and you can't take games for granted here in the NFL, and that's why they lost the game. On top of that, they showed their ego. One thing I did want to point to people that didn't didn't watch the game or didn't notice, the Bucks actually won the toss, and they elected to take the ball first, and they were playing a road game, which is yeah. usually not like the Bucks. That's usually very um, not like the Bucks to, to take the ball first, and they took the ball first. I think based on the stat that the Washington Football Club lets up a lot of points in the first quarter, but I don't think that was a good enough reason to take the ball first, and it really hurt them yeah. because come halftime, Washington Football Club, being that they were already ahead, got the ball at halftime, and the way that they were playing, I knew it was going to be tough for the Bucks to come back and win the game. Yeah, when when you're playing that far behind too, and it's just they didn't seem like Tampa just did not get into a good rhythm. Um, you know, in in that game, I mean, it just they never could. Every time they put themselves in a good position, they just they allowed Washington to do their thing too. So those are things that are going to happen. It's it's part of the part of the way the game goes sometimes. So um, I'm looking right now, and I kind of compiled this uh, over the last few minutes while we were talking. Top five teams in both the NFC and the AFC, and I going through these right now, um, looking at the NFC, the top two teams in the NFC right now are Green Bay and Arizona. And the only reason I have Green Bay on top, I know everybody out there who knows I'm a Packer fan is going to say I'm biased. It's the fact that they're both 8-2. Oh, yeah. They're both 8-2, and two, but they, they played each other head-to-head earlier this year, and Green Bay won that game. So that's the tiebreaker uh, for why they're in, in their position. Dallas, they're 7-2 and two right now. I mean, they are – a lot better than I think most people anticipated um, the Cowboys to be at this point. So I think they're in a great position. Uh, the Bucks, I mean, obviously they're going to be right in the mix of things, but the Rams are just a little bit ahead of them right now. I have the Rams as the fourth best team in the NFC currently, and then the Bucks are right there at number five. Um, it's always going to be in the top five in each conference because you have a, a really good shot at going places. And look, the Bucks are basically right where they were last year as far as positioning. They kind of snuck in and they – they won a bunch of games on the road in the playoffs. Um, I think, if I remember correctly, they were the first team in NFL history to not only, of course, win the Super Bowl and play in their home stadium, but they also beat uh, three former MVPs in the process of, uh, of doing so in the playoffs, which is a remarkable feat uh, in and of itself. It was uh, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and, of course, then they beat uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. Um, on the other side... I think that there's a little bit more separation in the AFC than there's the NFC. The NFC's kind of tight and compact together. AFC, just looking at it right now, the Titans are clearly the best team in the AFC, 8-2. and two. Um, They have really played well on defense. They've been able to uh, work around their huge injury loss they had earlier this year, which, you know, usually when yeah. you use, uh, lose, usually when you lose your number one running back, Derrick Henry, that's going to be kind of a, a deal breaker. They found a way to, to win in, in other areas, which I think is, is certainly good. I have the bills as the second best team in the AFC, um, slightly ahead of where the Ravens are. It's pretty much neck and neck between those two teams. Um, Kansas city has worked its way back. They're clawing their way back into a contending team at this point. So certainly good to see, you know, where they are. 
And then I kind of had to look and, and scour through and find who would be the fifth best team in the AFC right now. I'm going to go with the New England Patriots. They are all, all of a sudden, they won five games in a row. I mean, this is a team that was one and four at one point. Now they're six and four. And they really probably should be number four instead of number five. But they're, they're right there. And I think Bill Belichick may have found that next quarterback that really fits his program the best. And, of course, Mac Jones is who I'm talking about. He has done a great job. They have gone through some tough times this year, but suddenly at 6-4, and four, you're right in the thick of things in their division. So very, very good look there for New England. No, you're absolutely right. Mac Jones is playing like really like a guy who's got a lot of confidence. He's not playing like a, a real beginner-type quarterback. He's really coming into the zone in the Bucks. Are, I mean, I'm, the, I'm sorry, the Packers. The Patriots are really, really showing that they can play, and they to, to not give up when you one in four and to turn it on like that. Yeah, that that shows the heart the team has. You know, to come and back I give a lot from, of. From, yeah. Good. I was gonna say I give a lot of that confidence because that, that's really the big thing. Usually, rookie quarterbacks that are starting in their rookie season don't come in with the level of confidence that Mac Jones has. I give a lot of that credit to his tenure at Alabama under Nick Saban. Uh, what a terrific uh, amount of preparation that he received during that time. You're at the number one program in the whole entire country as far as college football is concerned. And then you go to, and oddly enough, uh, Bill Belichick and Nick Saban worked together in Cleveland 25 years ago as, um, as coaches together. So there's some continuity there. So now he goes from a pro style, if you will, uh, school and college to a team that was really a perfect fit for Mac Jones. And now, now that everything's clicking on all cylinders, there's no telling how far the Patriots might go. They might surprise people uh, this year. And then, of course, they they won last night. They won 25 to nothing against Atlanta. And I think Bill Belichick is out to prove something. You know, everybody said after Tom Brady won that Super Bowl with Tampa Bay last year, well, Brady's proven he can win without Belichick. Now Bill Belichick has to prove he can win without Brady. And he hasn't done it yet, but he's certainly on a good good uh, trajectory to uh, to be able to accomplish that. No, absolutely. He, you're right. He has a lot to prove that he can, he can still win without Tom Brady. And he's proven already that he can get his team back you know, there hasn't been really much of a rebuilding phase. They didn't make the playoffs last year. They keep doing what they're doing, especially with the defensive side of the ball. They just they shut down Atlanta. I mean, Mac Jones did his thing, but the defense really stepped up. And and Bill Belichick, he has a lot to prove because of what, what Tom Brady did. And Tom Brady made it clear, he made a statement. But if he can, if they can just keep winning some games, which I imagine they will, there's no telling how far they can go, especially with that defense and Mac Jones not making mistakes as far as giving up the ball, turning the ball over. You got great defense, and you don't turn the ball over, you're going to be tough to beat. Yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, that's that's really kind of the winning recipe in the NFL, especially. So um, good to see them back, because I think uh, you know. A lot of people in the NFL have missed, of course, the Patriots in their dominance over the last 20 years. Of course, that's a total uh, me kidding on that point there. Um, 
So some good games this weekend. Uh, I'm going to go right through our list here. Uh, we only had four games that we were different in our picks on this week. Uh, of course, both of us picked New England last night, and we were both correct. So check one off for each of us uh, in that category of a win. Uh, both of us have the Bills over the Colts. Um, pretty good game. I mean, uh, should be cold up there in Buffalo on Sunday. Um you know, the Colts are a pretty decent team, and that's that's a really good game there. Um, I'm not sure what the weather is expect, uh, expected to be like necessarily, but um, you know, you've got uh, Frank Wright, who is the head coach there in Indianapolis, going back to where he played uh, for so many years there in uh, in Buffalo. It should be a very fun game. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Colts are no, no joke of a team, too. And you're right, with the cold weather, it should be a really fun game. You know, that that was the Bills I picked, but, you know, that really – that game was hard to pick. You know, the Colts really got a really, really fantastic running back in Jonathan Taylor. Love what he's doing. And the Colts are no team to see that the Bills have to bring their A-plus game to win this game. Yeah, I feel like this one might come down to – last possession type of a game. Uh, a lot of times that's that's kind of how these things end up going. So um, that should be a fun game to watch. Uh, it's a classic team. Yeah. Absolutely. I like this next be matchup game. Uh, just because it's uh, – yeah, <laughs> definitely for sure. I like this next matchup because it's also going to be a game in cold weather in Chicago on Sunday. The Bears, uh, three and six, they're hosting – the Ravens, I think this is a good matchup for the Ravens to play against a team that has a somewhat decent defense in Chicago. Lamar Jackson really needs to get challenged if the Ravens are going to go deep into the playoffs this year. Uh, Baltimore coming in at 6-3. and three. They're certainly um, in the driver's seat, if you will, in uh, in their division there in the AFC. So both of us picked the Ravens. Um, neither one of us had a really good week pick-wise uh, this past week. We were both 6-7. and seven. Uh, there were some big surprises uh, that certainly came across uh, um, that probably, uh, other than, of course, the Bucks game, that really threw us both for a loop. The Panthers, of course, winning, the Vikings winning, uh, and so on and so forth. So, um, And then, of course, the 49ers beating the Rams. So hopefully our picks this week are a little bit more uh, on the favorable side for both of us. Um, I saw a meme online, uh, Alan, here on Facebook, uh, maybe two or three days ago, and it said that the Detroit Lions are undefeated in the month of November. And that's because they had their bye week, and they got a game last week where they tied against the Steelers. So they're 0-8-1, and, and they're going on the road to the 5-5 five and five Cleveland Browns. I cannot envision any scenario where Detroit wins this game. How about yourself? Yeah, I just don't see it. I mean, I know the Browns have not been the team of last year. A lot of stuff going on, but I just think with with Nick Chubb now that he's he's officially ruled back into this game, their number one running back, I, I just don't see them losing this game. You know, I felt as if Detroit was going to win a game, they probably would have done it already, and I don't <laughs> imagine they're going to start against the Browns. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's going to be a tough environment. I mean, you think about it too, uh, Detroit. Their their disadvantage, they are a cold weather home city team in Detroit. I mean, that's one of the colder cities in the country, uh, but they play in a dome. 
So now they're going down the road to Cleveland, which is, uh, what, three or four hours away, and you're playing outside against a decent team. It's not as good as they could be, but they're they're still a good team. They're playing in probably pretty cold, frigid conditions next to the lake in Cleveland. So that's going to be a, a challenging game. And I just I think Detroit is just so far backwards at this point that I'm not sure that they would – know what to do if they did win. I'm not taking a knock against Detroit. They're just in such a bad position right now. It seems like it's almost like it's their kryptonite. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I just, I didn't think they were going to do so hot this year, but not this bad. It's really, it's really not a good look for Detroit Lions and definitely Jared Goff. It's really not a good look at all, not to, to at least win a few games. Yeah. You know, the Detroit Lions, they do have some talent on their team. They do have, you know, they have some talent. It's just it's to put it together to get a win, it's, it's really shocking. Yeah, you're absolutely right there. And then this next uh, matchup, uh, one of the two teams is actually not much better than Detroit. You have the one Houston Texans going on the road to, I think, the best team in the AFC right now, the Tennessee Titans, who are at 8-2. and two. I have this as one of my lock picks uh, on Sunday. Any way, shape, or form where Houston somehow pulls off an upset against Tennessee, I just feel like Tennessee is so strong defensively. I think they've really gelled since the Derrick Henry injury. Um, he had pretty good quarterback play for the most part. I see this probably actually being a blowout game there in Tennessee on Sunday. Yeah, it just, that's how things have changed. If you had Deshaun Watson, yes, it may have been a competitive game, this, but no, this is not going to be a competitive game. Uh, I just see the Titans really winning this game convincingly. I don't know about blowout, but it's going to be a, a pretty good beatdown. I don't see it being any other way. I really don't. Of course, the um, game here in Green Bay, who I, again, have as a seed right now in the NFC at 8-2. and two. Um, They're going on the road to Minnesota. They're going to play the 4-5 and five Vikings. Um, Green Bay has the biggest advantage right now of any team in any division. Uh, essentially, at this point, they have was a three-and-a-half or four-game lead. They would have to basically almost give it up the rest of the year to, to blow – what they currently have. It can happen, don't, don't get me wrong, but they're in a strong position currently. Uh, both of us picked Green Bay. Not even really worth going into this one. Minnesota has just been kind of a wishy-washy team the last two, three, four years. They have a lot more talent than I think people realize, and they just can't seem to put it together. No, I agree. They do have a lot more talent than people give them credit for. And they're a team that's right now underachieving you know, they should have more wins. And if it wasn't Aaron Rodgers playing the Vikings, I probably would go ahead and choose Minnesota to win this game. But the thing about it is he, Aaron Rodgers does have a very good record against the Vikings, and he plays them really well. So I don't, I don't see it working out any other way. I see Green Bay, your team, winning this game and, and improving their record. And, which is already a stellar record right now, but I see them getting even, <laughs> even better. 
Well, for, for me, of course, uh, biasly, I do hope that happens. So, um, next matchup I have here is uh, Miami, who's underachieved this year for sure against the rebuilding New York Football Jets, uh, who are two and seven. Miami is a lot better than their three and seven record. I feel um, they've just had some really bad games that they probably should have won that they lost. They've seemed to turn things around here. I don't know if it's too little too late because at three and seven, you essentially would have to win all seven games that you have left. That would put you at 10 and seven getting into the playoffs. Maybe you can get in at nine and eight. That might happen with the extra playoff spots now as a wild card team. Uh, but I have Miami winning this game. And I think this is a building block game for them because really what's going to happen for Miami from this Sunday to the remainder of their schedule, whether they win or lose or, combination of the two the rest of the way Miami's evaluating right now what's going to happen with Tua um, if he plays well the rest of the year there's a good chance he could be back next year competing for his job if they start to falter we heard all the rumors of course about um, Deshaun Watson maybe going to Miami there's all kinds of other rumors out there Miami might go through the draft again find a quarterback Miami is probably in my opinion and I don't know if you agree with me on this or not of all the teams that are currently on the losing side, the team with the most punt, they should not be three and seven. They should be seven and three or maybe five and five. I mean, they're, they're a much better team than that record indicates. Yeah, I agree with that. They're definitely, they're coming along as of late. They've been playing solid football as of late, but yeah, they really should be a team that, that should have a winning record. I think the, the injury to Tua really set them back. And amongst a lot of other things, their defense really hasn't been until recently the way it was last year. And that was the catalyst with their defense was really solid. And the defense is playing really great football at late. They really need to rely on that to win or put themselves in a position to make a playoff run. But it is disappointing that they haven't had more wins than what they have now. It's definitely as you mentioned, one of the disappointing teams of the, of the of the season. Yeah, I kind of also wonder, I talked about the evaluation of Tua going forward. I kind of wonder if this is uh, Flores, uh, their head coach. I wonder if this is really him kind of coaching for his future at Miami as well because we've seen this happen before. A team is talent-wise there, and – a change at the coaching position, you know, catapults them above uh, and puts them at the next level that they want to go to. So I think in a lot of ways, um, his job is on the line too. He's been there for what, three years now. And unfortunately they just haven't been able to get across the, you know, record that puts them in. So um, I think Miami fans have been very patient and I'm, I'm sure at this point they're probably getting a little impatient because, again, they should be better than they are. So next game is really one that I think was, for me, a toss-up. Um, you get the Saints, who have been kind of back and forth all year long. They're 5-4, and four, and they're going on the road against the Eagles in Philadelphia. They're 4-6, and six, and they've been kind of the same team. They've been kind of back and forth. They, they've had some games where they've played really, really well, and they've had some games where they've been exactly the opposite. Um, I picked uh, Philadelphia in this game. That's mainly because it's a home game. Uh, this is going to be a cold game, um, and I just feel like that's going to be the, 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 the thing that 
uh, plays into the outcome. And this game here, yeah, and you got a good point. Yeah. And what was my pick on this game? What was my pick on this game? I I have kind of fast. I'm looking at it right now. Let's see. Yeah, you have uh, New uh, New England. <laughs> you have New Orleans uh, winning that game. And that's a good pick. I mean, I don't think you can go wrong either way. This is going to be really, really probably one of the bigger toss-ups that's uh, on the schedule this week. Um, you think about it this way too. I mean, New Orleans is without uh, Jameis Winston, so they're they're starting a quarterback that has been kind of a journeyman, for lack of a better term the last several years and had a pretty good game a few weeks ago in place of Jameis Winston. Yeah, this is going to be a, a tough game. I just think Sean Payton will come up with a, a game plan that will be dynamic and they'll find a way to win this game. It really is from this point on because of how close the Bucks are to the Saints. You know, what they had just been one game was really been two games separating if they had won against Washington Football Club. I, I just think the Saints just are going to play with a lot more urgency and because of that, they're going to oh, find a way to pull out this win. All right, everybody. Technical glitch there, unfortunately, knocked us off for about the last uh, two minutes or so. So definitely apologize if you're listening live. We're back on, and hopefully um, you're able to hear us uh, live. Alan will be back on with us in a moment. Uh, What I started to say there as we were leaving off on the last uh, game matchup there in the NFL on Sunday, the Washington Football Club is on the road in Carolina to play against the Carolina Panthers, and the intrigue in my mind is Ron Rivera going back to his old team, uh, the coach against his old team, rather, in Carolina, and then Cam Newton returning, so he's part of the mix now there as well. So um, let me make sure we've got Alan back on the line here. Alan, are you there? Yep, right here. <laughs> there yeah, we are. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we, we knew this might happen <laughs> at some point tonight, so so that's what happens when we're live, and technology is not always perfect. So what I was just saying there, and uh, I, I think you probably agree with me on this, we, we have fairly similar opinions on this kind of stuff. You've got Ron Rivera going back to Carolina, where he coached for eight years against the Panthers in Carolina, and then Cam Newton is joining the mix as well as he's back as the Panthers quarterback. So um, I got Carolina winning this game just because I think they're a little bit better team right now, not really by much. Um, both of us had the same pick. I just I see this as one of the more interesting storylines in uh, in the NFL this week. Yeah, it is going to be a very interesting storyline. Both men are, are coming back, and they got a lot to prove. I think Cam Newton got a lot to prove too, because he's got to he's got to end up this year strong in order for him to keep playing and keep getting those starts. I got to give Cam Newton credit though for him to. Out in, out in. <laughs> you know, a lot of guys don't get those opportunities in the NFL. You got to tip your hat. No, you're absolutely right. I, I think that, um, and, and as I said before, at the earlier part of the show, I think this is really this is probably his last opportunity. Really, I, I, unless he really just plays well and wants to go somewhere else next year, and somebody else gives him a chance, this might be his last last opportunity. So. 
make the most of it, and, you know, maybe you get a chance to come back and play next year. Think about Carolina, even though they went out and traded for a top quarterback over the offseason, they still have been in the quarterback rumor mill for the last six months or so. Um, and, you know, we'll see if that continues or not. So, um, and then uh, kind of a, a, a weird game Sunday, 49ers playing against the Jaguars in Jacksonville. Um, San Francisco has really been probably one of the more disappointing teams the last two years. Jacksonville's trying to go in the right direction. I, I, I would say Jacksonville's built upon what they started off with. They were really struggling early on. They're starting to show signs of life, but I, I've got the 49ers winning this game uh, in Jacksonville on Sunday, and uh, you do as well. Yeah, I just think the experience is going to be the big factor. And, and the 49ers have been playing really good football. They really did a great job. They did what they needed to do against the Rams. This will be a good test for uh, Jacksonville because it is, a, it is a game that if they play their style of football, they – long drives, they keep the ball away from the 49ers, they don't and limit their mistakes, they can actually win this game, but I just don't see it happening, I just think that they're maybe a season away from beating, winning these type of games, these close tough type teams, I just see the experience being a factor and I think 49ers are going to pull it out towards the very end, it's going to be a close game though yeah, the 49ers are going through an identity crisis, too, as far as like who their quarterback's going to be. There's been rumors about uh, Shanahan being on the hot seat. Uh, obviously, they have not been the same team since that, that last 10 minutes of the Super Bowl uh, almost two years ago now. So they're, they're really trying to fight to see who they really are and what direction they're going to go in, really from this point going forward. Um, the next three games we're going to talk about are all three games that neither one of us picked the same. So we've got the 5-4 and four Bengals going on the road to the 5-4 and four, uh, Raiders. I've got the Raiders. You've got the Bengals. Give me your reason why you picked the, uh, the Bengals in this game on Sunday. Reason being is really more has to do with the Raiders' inconsistent play. Raiders really have been, uh, especially lately, since, ironically, since the John Gruden experience, the Raiders have been really on a deep de- decline. They just haven't played consistent offense or defense. You can see in their last game against the Chiefs, a team that they usually play pretty well against. The Chiefs do get their points, but the Raiders are very competitive, and they weren't really competitive in that game. They just was just throwing up, you know, Derek Carr was just throwing up Hail Marys, like, to, to the other team. And just throwing up uh, prayers, getting intercepted left and right. For example, I stepped out to go get something from the kitchen to get a bite. And then the Raiders were getting the ball. And about two times this happened where the Chiefs got the ball right back within a, within a, a minute or two. Just give them the ball right back. And the Raiders have been very inconsistent with their play. The Bengals have been more consistent. You can tell that they really want to win. So the Bengals, I think the defense is solid too, to their to their point. But I think the Raiders are very consistent right now, and I think the Bengals have a great opportunity to win this game. 
Yeah, those are very good points. I think on my my end, I looked at at it more as you know, I, I'm not sure that Joe Burrow at this point is starting to get into some big games. You know, this, this is a, a playoff atmosphere in a sense for the first time in your NFL career. And I feel like the Raiders have a little bit more experience there. So, um, next game here is one that could go either way. Um, I like Dallas a lot. They've played really solid all year long and maybe have been one of the bigger surprises in the NFL. Still waiting for the other shoe to drop in a sense, but they're going on the road to play against the Chiefs, who are 6-4. and four. Um, Again, I think either thing could happen. I just feel like the Chiefs at this point, and I picked them primarily because they've been playing a little bit better here as of late. Uh, they beat the Raiders, of course, this past week. Um, you know, beat Green Bay the week before, although that was a Jordan Love game. They've been playing a lot better football here as of the last two, three weeks. So I pick them. I, again, I don't think you're wrong going with Dallas. Uh, what was it that made you pick Dallas over Kansas City? I think it's a big test for Dallas to win this game. I just feel as if the Chiefs of old would would, would beat the Cowboys, no problem. But I feel like the, mm-hmm. the Cowboys have stepped up defensively, Diggs, I expect him to, to play big and can get maybe one, if not two, picks, which can make a big difference. If they can control Tyreek Hill, which I believe Diggs will, I think they have a very good shot of winning this game. But this is going to be a real big test for the, for the Cowboys to pull this off. But I do think they can. They do have what it takes to win the game. Yeah, I think this is going to be a game that comes down to um, the turnover battle. Um, obviously, the, the the big thing that I hear from a lot of Cowboys fans is that Dak Prescott can't win the big game, can't get over the hump. He kind of plays like, like Tony Romo in a sense. Can't can't get the the big one won. So this will be a big big challenge, a big test here because you're playing on the road in Kansas City. It'll be cold, a lot of noise. In fact. Uh, uh, Arrowhead Stadium there in Kansas City is actually known to be one of the most difficult for the opponent to play in just because the crowd noise is a lot higher there than it is in most places. So I think it'll be an interesting test for him. Um, and uh, I think it'll be be a fun If you're watching that game on TV, it's going to be a, a playoff type of, of environment there. Um, third and final game in our picks this week is different is uh, the Cardinals eight and two going on the road to Seattle to play the Seahawks. Now I actually picked the Seahawks as an upset in this game. And I primarily did that because I think that the Cardinals are still a little shell shocked from what happened this past week against the Panthers. Um, and I think that uh, for Seattle on their side, you know, they got shut out by the Packers this past week. They feel like they need something to prove at this point. So it's kind of a battle of two teams that are coming off of, games where they were a little bit surprised, a little bit stunned. Um, you know, you picked uh, you picked Arizona in that one. Any any thought that, that Seattle would have a chance to win this game on Sunday? They do. You know, when you have Russell Wilson that he's officially back as your quarterback, it's, you know, he's a guy who just never gives up. So they always have a chance of winning a game. And definitely if the Cardinals do not step up, the Seahawks will win this game. But I just feel as if the Seahawks, uh, you, to your point, I do feel as if Arizona really needs to win this game. They really need to make a statement 
They came off a bad loss, and I think they have more weapons to win, especially with Carson being out. They're their number one running back for, for the Seahawks. I, I just think they need to seize this opportunity. I think Wilson Wilson is maybe one one game away from being the Russell of old, and I think that's what's going to take the difference. That's why I see the Arizona taking advantage and winning this game. But, yes, if Russell Wilson plays like Russell Wilson, they can absolutely win this game. Definitely uh, going to be an interesting game there on Sunday. And then um, Pittsburgh, 5-3-1 and one on the season. They're going to a 5-4 and four L.A. Chargers uh, team there on Sunday. I picked, uh, actually picked the Chargers to win this game, despite the fact that they've struggled a little bit here lately. Uh, you get the the veteran in in uh, Ben Roethlisberger on one side, and then the young, you know, the young up and coming uh, gunslinger on the other side. Um, the fact that this team's in LA is really kind of what led me to pick San, uh, pick San Diego, pick LA to win this game on Sunday. Both of us picked the Chargers, uh, by the way, in uh, in that matchup. And then the last one of the uh, of the of the week is the the Monday night game. And that is the Giants three and six on the road coming down here to Tampa, and they're playing against the defending Super Bowl champion Bucks, who are six and three. Both of us picked the Bucks. I think that the Bucks are going to turn things right back around, as opposed to what happened to them last week. Yeah, and it starts with beating the Giants, a team that you know it's not going to be easy opponent. I actually think the Giants are better than the Washington Football Club at this point, especially with Chase Young not not playing. But the Bucks need to make a statement, and they, they really have to win this game. I mean, it's not a must-win, but in a way it kind of is a must-win because you're getting towards the end of the season. You don't want to start losing too many games that you're supposed to win to put you and the Saints potentially could be the same record if you lose and they win. So they need to do what they need to do to defend their home court Instead of, I feel a lot better about them, the Bucks winning this game versus last week because I think the Bucks really just went out to Washington D.C. and just got enamored by all the sights, and it was just doing too much sightseeing, and forgot they had a game to play on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, and again, uh, kind of just to recap what we talked about earlier at the top of the show, if you're going to get humbled, the time to do it is in mid-November, late November, maybe even early December, you want to go in on a roll, though, when you get to the postseason because you kind of build off that momentum. So, again, for the Bucks, I think that probably having a game they should have won, they should have won handily, to lose that game, they can go back and look at game film. They can look at the mistakes they made. They can clean up those things and I think put themselves back in a really good position. And as I mentioned before, I've got the Bucks as the fifth-best team in the NFC right now. That's just where they want to be, you know. They got through some really good teams last year on the way to winning the Super Bowl, so certainly a good spot for them to be in. And I think they're going to – I think by the end of this season, though, you're going to see Tampa in the, in the probably two or three spot uh, overall as long as they can get that stuff cleaned up that they've had some issues with here uh, as of late. So um, that's our NFL picks for this week. Uh, I feel very confident that both of us are going to do a lot better than we did last week, even if uh, one is a game ahead. And the other, both of us were actually six and seven in uh, in this past week's picks. Uh, 
one of our worst weeks that we've had on record. Presently, not including last night's game, Allen is 89 and 60 on the season. <laughs> Technically, you're 90 and 60 with the win last night, and then myself, I believe I'm four or five games behind you. I am with the last night's game included, 86 and 64. Um, so I've got a little ground to make up here, and you know, somehow if um, all four of these games that we picked differently go my way this weekend, then we will be tied. That would be quite something to have that happen. But um, <laughs> uh, it's been a fun. I thought it was five game lead. I guess not. Yeah, I've got it. Is that a five game? I'll go back and yeah, I'll go back and double check that here uh, after the show. Yeah, I've got you currently with without last night's game included. I have you at eighty nine wins and sixty losses. And I'm at uh, it's eighty four or sorry eighty five and sixty four. Um, that tie between Detroit and Pittsburgh threw a little bit of a wrench into our our standings there. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> but not not a lot of time. I mean, it's, it's really in my uh, in my best way to come back at this point. I would essentially need to win basically one game a week without losing any games every week to make up any ground and then have a chance seven weeks or so left in the season, including this week. So uh, we'll see what happens there. So uh, again, those are our NFL picks, uh, picks of the week. Uh, again, claim this up front. Please do not use our picks as, uh, you know, betting guides because we certainly are not experts in that area and we don't want anybody to lose money on our behalf or on our account rather. Um, a lot of good things going on. Uh, Alan, I know we talked a little bit last week with Lou who uh, did not join us here this evening, unfortunately. Talked a little bit about college football and not so much the big games that are going on this weekend as much as the college football coaching rumors that are starting to really heat up. This is that time of the year where the coaching carousel starts to turn and dominoes start to fall and you're starting to hear rumors about possible openings right now as we speak. We know for sure there's an opening at TCU, there's an opening at LSU, there's an opening at USC, but there are rumors in Virginia Tech, I should throw them in there as well. Now I'm hearing, and this is stuff that's kind of come up in the last week or so, I'm hearing uh, openings at Miami, I'm hearing opening at possibly at Florida, that's my my team of course, Um, they played really terrible last week defensively. there's been some talk about – I've heard Florida State. I have my doubts that's going to happen so quickly uh, where they're going to move on from Norvell. But um, a lot of names, a lot of things out there being talked about, a lot of rumors. It's always one of the most intriguing parts of the game itself is the actual rumors of where a coach might go or who who's being talked to behind closed doors and that sort of thing. I just find it such an interesting thing. And and then where everybody lands, it's kind of like musical chairs. There's always one guy who's going to get left out. So um, any, any thoughts on on any of these coaching uh, jobs that might be out there, you know, that that are intriguing to you? Well, I definitely know one job that's not going to be taken. And, uh, (laughs) you know, and one job that really is really interesting is the LSU job. That's always a big place for people to, to go and have a great career at LSU. I think that's, that's going to be a great opportunity for someone. If you had a choice 
what shot would you like to take? Well, I mean, you got to look at it from a couple different perspectives. Um, the biggest thing in college football is recruiting. You've got to have a, a good, solid um, roster, and really the depth on that roster is going to be the thing that ultimately determines it. So I'd say right now the most intriguing job in the country probably would be LSU because of the fact they're in the SEC. It's a very, very popular destination. There's a lot of NFL players that come through there. And I think if they get the right guy, they can be a really solid program relatively quickly again. Um, The big rumor right now, uh, I heard this uh, maybe three or four days ago, is Oklahoma's Lincoln Riley. He's been their head coach for the last four or five years now. He took over for Bob Stoops back in 2017. The rumor has it that they are offering Lincoln Riley a five-year contract worth $12 million a year. It's going to be hard for him to turn that down. Um, But see what happens if that move happens is now you've got Oklahoma, which is another big program. You've got them with an opening. So Oklahoma would then turn around and look at, you know, a handful of different guys. And so you're starting to to pick off of different trees at this point. And at the end, everything gets kind of shaken up and different people fall in different places. I've heard Lane Kiffin, who's at Ole Miss right now, might be going to Miami if Miami makes a move uh, at their head coaching spot. And I've heard, as a Florida fan, I've been looking at this for the last two or three weeks, honestly. I've heard a dozen or more different rumors about what Florida might do. I've also heard, too, that uh, Mario Cristobal, who's the head coach at Oregon right now, could be in the mix for the Miami job. Um, I've heard he could be in the mix for the Florida job if it comes open. Could be in the mix for the LSU job if Lincoln Riley turns it down. So there's a lot of stuff to look at and sort through. And I would say by the time we come back two weeks from right now, a couple of those jobs will have been offered and accepted. So so stay tuned. Our our Facebook page, anybody who's uh, who's looking at our page on a regular basis or just happens to see those stories come through, there will be a lot of college football news posted on there over, I'd say, the next two to three weeks. Yeah, that's awesome that they're going to have guys' uh, jobs available. It's always exciting to see what who takes what. I'm excited to see where guys fall. And and, it's, and I went to the College Hall of Fame. That's some motivation for guys who are potential players as well as coaches. Yeah, absolutely. Right there in Midtown Atlanta, it's a great, uh, great area. Right there, it's near, I believe, it's Centennial Park and uh, the world of Coca-Cola. Um, really neat uh, exhibits they have there. A lot of college football memorabilia, um, self-guided tours. Um, I would definitely recommend. I actually haven't been yet. I've heard all about it though. Um, I definitely recommend though if you're in Atlanta, if you're just driving through for a quick weekend, anything like that, make sure you get there and, and go in. It's definitely uh, from everything I've heard, definitely worth the uh, the time and the money that you go spend that uh, to go through, of course. So uh, I know there's some um, some boxing going on this weekend. I know you were uh, really big on the Porter Crawford fight. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, that's absolutely right. The Porter Crawford fight is tomorrow. They had the weigh-in today, and I was uh, able to to be in both press conferences with uh, both Porter as well as. Crawford, both were great guys, and I got to give Crawford a, I got to give actually I'm sorry, it's John Porter a credit 
you didn't end the press conference without taking my question. So and you can catch that on our our page. I put that little video clip on there, the little audio clip, I should say, on there. You can also see the video clip on our YouTube page. But um, it's, it's, it's definitely uh, something that going to be a big fight, one of the big fights of the year. And I have, uh, I have Sean Porter pulling off a major upset, which is it's saying a lot because Crawford is definitely the favorite to win this fight, hands down. He's, he's the more skillful fighter. But during the press conference, Sean Porter said, said the right things. And the question I asked him was, was pretty straightforward. I said, hey, the guy you're fighting switched up styles. And in most of his fights, when he switches up styles, the fight is, in a sense, in a nutshell, over. And Sean, Sean uh, Porter responded with, you know, I've been, I've been fighting guys my whole life that switch styles. When they switch styles, that's when I go ahead and do my thing and get more aggressive and I make them uncomfortable. He said all the right things. You know, that was really the, the, you know, a tactical question, you know, in a nice way of how are you going to be competitive when he changes things up because he figures it's a matter of time when he does that. He's a very, very yeah. smart fighter. And if he does what he says he does, he's going to do in the in the press conference, Sean Porter, I think he wins his fight. He's, he's a more experienced fighter in big fights. I will say that much. There's anything that he has an advantage of, which is not much, it really isn't much that he has an advantage over Crawford. Is the fact that he has been, he has two things. He has fought better competition than Crawford has. Number one and number two, he has been in big fights, so he does have those two advantages going for him. And number the third thing is he he doesn't mind getting rough. So I got, I know it's not a popular opinion, but I got Sean Porter winning this fight on a close, very close decision. I don't see a knockout by uh, from Sean Porter to Crawford. I see Sean Porter winning this decision in a margin, very slim margin, and really shocking the world. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, it should be a very, uh, very uh, fun fight to watch, of course, and uh, definitely a good pick there, Alan. Uh, anything else uh, you. that you have for us here tonight? Yes, I did want to let our fans know and that I did keep my word. I did watch the Colin Kaepernick documentary. You know, I did, I did want to give Colin Kaepernick some props and, and the fact that he actually did a very good job in this documentary. He is actually a very good activist. I mean, I gave, I, I kind of came in with a little bit of skeptical, like kind of look like, okay, What's what what is Colin going to tell me that I already don't know? And I did learn a lot by watching the documentary. I don't want to spoil it for the listening audience, those things. But he is a very good activist. It's just it's just unfortunately you cannot be an activist and play in the NFL at the same time. You know that's unfortunately the truth of reality. I personally wish he would have been an activist when his playing career was over, not during his career, because he is a smart guy. One thing I will let the listening audience know is that you'll get a chance to see how much hard work he put into just to make it to the NFL and just to make it as a football player, period. So watch the documentary, you know, and it might change your opinion of Colin Kaepernick. I will also let the listening audience know that I am going to – I am very motivated after watching the documentary 
to reach out to Colin Kaepernick and see if he'd be willing to come on the show. I would love to interview him to get his perspective on a lot of things. And, and my, my son was like, hey, you know, I told my son I'm interested in, in asking Colin Kaepernick to come on the show. So I hope he hears this. My son was like, hey, don't argue with him. Don't argue with him. But I'm like, listen, I'm not going to argue with the man. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with the man. But I do want to ask some good questions. Not in a confrontational way, just in a informative way. Both yeah, both yeah. good and, you know, bad. Like, okay, please educate me on a, a few things. And I, I would love to talk to Colin Kaepernick and, and talk to him about some, some real issues and, and some real questions. If he's willing to come on a show, I'd be honored. But I am very motivated to at least reach out to him to ask him to come on the show and see what he says. Well, absolutely. We're always open to anyone coming on to our program. Uh, it would certainly be a great thing to have uh, guests of all backgrounds and certainly um, someone who, as you mentioned before, you know, he's been controversial, obviously, the last several years, but explaining his position on things. There's nothing wrong with that. So, uh, great show here tonight. I'm glad we were able to get our NFL picks in. I, I again, hope that we are a lot better than we were uh, last week, uh, both six and seven. Uh, certainly left a sour taste in my mouth, I'm sure yours as well. Um, and, uh, again, uh, some fun games to watch as we head into the Thanksgiving uh, weekend, or week, rather, coming up here. Uh, just for our listening audience, uh, so they're aware, we will not be on next Friday as we are taking that time off for the holiday, we will return in two weeks, which I have on the calendar here as I believe that is December the 3rd. If I'm wrong on that, then uh, just look at the first Friday, of course, for the month of December. Yeah, December the 3rd is what shows up here now. So I want to thank you, Alan, for uh, taking time out of his night as he's heading out of town uh, to do the program here this evening. And uh, thank you to our listening audience for Joining us, if you have any comments, uh, any suggestions, anything you want to throw out there, certainly feel free to put it on our Facebook page, and we may just read it on the air in the future. So for uh, Alan, this is Aaron signing off. Have a great night, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Evan Aaron's Post Talk Podcast. Subscribe and check us out on your favorite social media platform. Thank you.